uh, but we just don't want to get anybody else sick. And during these times, you got to be careful. Just uh, we don't want anybody getting sick and uh, things such as that. So uh, we'll be praying for them. And, uh, and I appreciate you being here in the house of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your uh, mercy, for your love, for your grace. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to worship and praise you, for you are worthy of all praise. And, uh, Lord, we ask this morning that you would be uh, with us. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts this morning. Uh, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would convict us. Lord, pray that... Uh, uh, Lord, that there's something that's said, something that's done that would, uh, Lord, bring us closer to you. Lord, ultimately, Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Thank you once again for all that you do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you would, grab a hymnal. Turn to page number 252. Uh, page number 252. Um, nothing but the blood. We'll sing the first, third, and last. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. But the blood of Jesus, nothing can for sin atone, nothing but the blood of Page number 99. The Lord's our rock in Him we hide. Nothing but our sword. Secure whatever He'll be tied. A shelter in a time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in Oh, 
251. As you're turning there, let me give you just a few announcements before we sing this next song. I want to remind you of a couple things. Please uh, pray for Greg and Linda Waller, our missionaries of the week, our fam family week, Miss Brenda Morgan family, and then our deacon of the week, Brother Ed Buchanan, our trust of the week, Brother Sean McGinnis. Please remember these folks in your prayers. Also would ask that you would pray for uh, Faith's friend Holly. She's having brain surgery tomorrow. That's where Faith's at. She wanted to spend some time with her. So please pray for Faith uh, or pray for Holly as she's having the surgery tomorrow morning. And then also just some upcoming events. The Bible Reading Marathon is going on right now, uh, September the 12th through the 16th. You can log in. Uh, I can give you some information if you'd like to hear that. Um, then on September the 27th, missionary Dr. Uh, Steve Cook will be with us, and I'm not sure exactly, but he's a missionary to Juice, and uh, uh, so he's going to be doing, pro he'll probably do something uh, prophetic, I'm sure, uh, doing some things, so you don't want to miss that. It's going to be really good. Be here for that service. It'll be all day, actually. I, I believe, Brother Danny, I'll have him do Sunday school as well. Um, do Sunday school and he'll probably do a series uh, so uh, make sure that you hear Sunday school Sunday morning and Sunday evening services uh, I'm sure you will be uh, encouraged and uh, excited about that October the 4th is a business meeting in our PM service and then October the 11th through the 14th is our annual Seedline conference looking forward to that every evening at 7 p.m. please plan to be there uh, for those I think that's all the announcements that I have uh, this morning. All right, what page was it, hun? 251. Page 251. Page number 251, near the cross.
this morning. I do appreciate you being here this morning. Good to have some visitors with us this morning. A lot of visitors. Miss Gracie brought a lot of friends with her, so thank you for that. And uh, also some visitors uh, from other sources. Appreciate each one of you being here this morning. I was kind of thinking, well, there's going to be so many families out this morning uh, because of sickness. And I'm glad the Lord fills those spots with uh, visitors and friends. And so thank you so much for being here. And uh, I, I, I do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedules to be here in the Lord's house. And uh, I, I appreciate, also want to say I appreciate um, everyone praying for us as we were uh, on vacation last week. Uh, we had a great time. My wife and I had a wonderful time. Uh, suffering for Jesus in Jamaica, and uh, so we we had a lot of fun, uh, done uh, just a lot of relaxation there, and um, um, we appreciate the prayers. I appreciate Brother Danny filling in. I listened to the message, Brother Danny, on Sunday morning on the world, and then on Sunday night on the word or the sword, and uh, tremendous messages. Uh, if you did not get a chance to hear those messages, I encourage you to go to our Facebook or YouTube and look those messages up, and I uh, always appreciate Brother Danny filling in for us, and then appreciate Brother Adam and Miss Evelyn uh, getting our Wednesday night services together. Um, I preached the services before, but was unable to download the second service on Ruth, I believe it's chapter 4, uh, uh, or our fourth message in uh, the book of uh, Ruth, and uh, I had it preached and everything, but I wasn't able to download it from where we were, and so uh, anyways, we'll get into that this coming Wednesday, Lord willing, but I appreciate you uh, being faithful to the Lord's house and listening on Facebook and YouTube uh, as we were gone uh, the last week. All right, I, I, I want to start the message off by saying this, we're living in some unprecedented times, aren't we? Um, Friday, of course, I, I watched a little of the news as many Americans did that day, and I, I did something that many Americans did at 8.46 in the morning at 903, 937, 959, 1007, and 1028. I took time. I set alarms on my, on my, on my phone, and, uh, and I set those, and I took time to pray for those who, uh, who uh, passed away, for the families that were affected by terrorism in our country. Uh, of course, 19th year of, uh, 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 since 9-11, uh, and uh, our country was brought to her knees on that day. Uh, evil and wicked, ungodly men who were raised in foreign countries sought to destroy this nation that was formed under God. Sadly, 19 years later, I see evil, wicked, ungodly men and women who were born and raised in this great country now seek to destroy and divide this country from within. It was uh, folks of terrorism from, from outside, but now it's people from within trying to destroy our country. You need to wake up, people. You need to see what's going on in our country today. It's not what God wants for our country. I, I honestly believe that. Oh, how times have changed. The Bible says in Isaiah 5.20, it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. 
I personally believe that it started years ago. All this started years ago. Brother Danny preached and taught a little bit on it. He spoke and he mentioned it in his message. But in 1962, the Supreme Court decided that it was unconstitutional to have prayer in school. Then, just months later, in June 17, June 17, 1963, the Supreme Court decided that it was unconstitutional for the Bible to be read in school. Now, do you see anything that's where it's happening? I believe it all started right there. But then, notice this, in January 1973, Roe v. Wade, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that uh, restrictive state abortion laws were unconstitutional, thereby legalizing induced abortion uh, throughout the country. Millions upon millions upon millions of babies have been aborted since 1973. And we know that is just, that's all that we know. We don't really know the real number of all the babies that have been, born, have been aborted. Now think about this, folks. Look where we come from just from 1962. And, and it, I, I believe there was some, uh, before that point, there was some evil and some wicked that men and women were doing in those days. I'm not saying there was that uh, we were perfect, but I can say this, that people, that men and women had a, had a fear of God back in those days. Uh, they, back in those days, you wouldn't hear about people burning Bibles and burning the flag and, 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 and uh, uh, doing things to churches. People, uh, they would leave the church doors unlocked and open for people to come in and pray. You can't do that anymore. On June 27, 2002, a federal appeals court declared that the Pledge of Allegiance is unconstitutional because of the phrase, one nation under God violates the separation of church and state and children no longer uh, are allowed to say the Pledge of Allegiance in schools. Now think about this. What day did I say? June the 27th, 2002. That's just months after 9-11. Just three months after 9-11. On 9-11, people gathered in churches. And families prayed together to one God. The holy God. The one true God. And just three months later, they say, hey, it's unconstitutional to say one nation under God. God. Let me say something just for your information. The separation of church and state was never intended to keep the church out of the state. It was to keep the state out of the church. I said all this to say this, that the real reason that our country is in the place she is today, is not because of one president, although I believe one president divided this nation more than any other president or any other person has, and I'm not speaking about our current president either. The reason that we're in the position we are today is because we have let wicked, a few wicked, ungodly men and women decide for us that God is no longer needed in our country. Wicked, ungodly men and women for years have done their very best to totally take God out of our homes, out of our schools, out of our cities, and out of our states, and ultimately out of our country. 
Now we are reaping what we have sown, what we have allowed to be sown in our country. Sin always carries the consequences with it. We've listened to men instead of the masters what the problem is. Mary said in John 2, 5, she said this to the servants. She said, whatsoever he saith, do it. And you know what the problem is? We don't care what God says, we care what we say. And that's the problem with our nation today. We don't hear what God says. We don't heed what He says. We care what we say and what we want to do. I haven't even got into the message yet. This morning I want to preach a message that I've titled, Half God Said. Half God Said. I believe we'd be better off if we would just listen to what God has said. I'm going to ask you to join me where I believe it all started in Genesis chapter number 3. Genesis chapter number 3. The fact of the matter is, is that we are all to be obedient to the Holy Spirit's pleading, to the Word of God's heeding, and to the Lord Jesus' leading in our lives. When God says something, it is our responsibility to be obedient to what God says. Now let's read in Genesis chapter number 3. In verse 1 it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, did God say ye should not touch it? He didn't say that. So I believe the first lie, I first believe the first sin right there. Now, some may disagree with me, and that's fine. You'll, you'll see that you were wrong whenever you get to heaven. But anyways, you'll, you'll notice that it says, Neither shall ye touch it. God, I look back in the scriptures, Brother Danny. I look back in there, and I didn't see where God said, You can't touch it. I looked forward in the scriptures, and, and it's repeated in Genesis chapter 3 later on that he said, Ye shall not eat thereof. Yea, have God said, the problem with our country today is we're not listening to what God has said. We want to add to what God has said or take away what God has said. That's the problem with our country today. Let's continue reading on. And and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Had God said, if ye eat thereof, ye shall surely die? That's exactly what he said. For God doth know that in the days ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and there and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the women, uh, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and that the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave it unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were, they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they said, they heard the voice of the Lord of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And God God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? 
And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? What did he say there? Should not eat. Uh, and the man said, The woman whom thou givest to me, uh, and, and she gave me uh, the tree, and I did eat. And the, the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Now what's happening here? The man's pointing to the woman, the woman's pointing to the serpent. It's all a pointing game. Oh, it's his fault, it's her fault. Hey, let's point the fingers back at us. It's my fault. Why are we in the, the position we are today? It's our fault. It's not God's fault. It's our fault. Let's read on. And Lord God said unto the woman, What if thou, thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon the belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto that woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and in thy conception and sorrow thou shalt uh, bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee and unto Adam he said because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hath eaten of the tree of which I have commanded thee saying thou shalt not eat thereof uh, cursed is the ground for thy sake and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life thorns and uh, also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground for out of it wast thou taken for dust thou art and unto dust thou shalt return let's pray our heavenly father once again thank you for this opportunity thank you for the reading of god's word thank you for the truths found in god's word thank you for all that you do lord we ask that you would give us liberty to preach this morning lord anoint my lips that i would say what you would have me to say Lord, close my mouth where I should not. I say something that I shouldn't say. God, I pray that you would have your way in this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The fact of the matter is we need to obey God. Where it all began was because we didn't obey God. God said, thou shalt not eat thereof. And we went ahead and ate thereof. I say we because... If we were in that same position, guess what we would have done? We would have ate thereof. It wouldn't have changed the fact who was there, Adam and Eve or Ricky and Christy. We would have been, if we were the first one, we would have done the same exact thing. We need to listen to God. You see, the point, the choice is up to you, obedience or disobedience. When we look at the, uh, at the book of Malachi, this is the last book of the Old Testament. In fact, it will be 400 years before the nation of Israel heard the voice of God once again. And it would be through John the Baptist crying in the wilderness, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, we find at the end of the Old Testament, the Jewish people thought they knew better than God. They thought they were wiser, they were smarter, they knew what was best for them? Can I tell you, we don't know what's best for us. I would say this, that most people in this nation don't want a, a whooping. 
We don't want God's chastisement on our nation. But I can tell you, what we need is a good old-fashioned whooping. My dad's sitting right here. I love telling stories about him because every time I tell a story about him, he says, he says I could have crawled through the bottom of the door after you get done there. <laughs> but I can tell you something, that when I acted up, my dad didn't say, oh, it's okay, honey. It's all right. You just keep on acting up like a fool. Go ahead and keep on doing that. No, that man whooped me. And it was a whooping that I needed. I didn't want it. But I needed it. I remember one time my teacher, believe it or not, I got an F in citizenship. Now how in the world do you get F in citizenship? I thought it was fantastic, but it meant something else. I got an F, and then my, I took that report card home and I showed it to my dad. I knew I was in trouble, and I got a good whooping. I deserved it. I didn't want it, but I deserved it. And I remember my mom writing a letter to my teacher. Ricky got an attitude adjustment last night. Things should change. If not, please let us know. It changed for a couple of weeks. And then I was back to my old self. And I got another F in citizenship and got the same thing. But you know what we need? We need a good whooping in America. We don't want it. And I, I believe we're about to get it. Because that's what we deserve. The Bible says, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You see, the problem is, is that we find at the end of the Old Testament, the Jewish people thought they knew better. And for years, we have heard the debate that we think we know better. We think that abortion is okay. Half God said... Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. We were created for His pleasure, and He is the only one in control. And I think, like the children of Israel, we must have forgotten that the Lord knows all and He sees all. The ruin of any nation, uh, it always starts with a spiritual turning away. And I believe this spiritual turning away started back in 1962 when men and women, uh, you know when, uh, I know some of you, Brother Ed, you've been saved a long time and some of the others have been saved a long time, but you used to be able to knock on people's doors and they would, and you would say, hey, I'm Brother Ed Buchanan from such and such Baptist church and I just want to share some good news about heaven with you. You know what people would do? They would, they would say, well, won't you come on in, have a cup of coffee. We've got some cake and some cookies. Let's discuss this. That's what it was back in those days. You don't get that today. Back in 1962 when they took prayer and, uh, and the Bible out of our schools and they started taking God uh, out of our society, uh, 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 that was the problem. You see, his word was taught in public schools as a curriculum. Many universities were founded on biblical uh, principles. And this nation was founded on religious freedoms. We have turned from the true and living God and now embracing the false gods of humanism and worldlyism and secularism. And that's the problem with our society today. There has been a spiritual turning away. 
You see, there's only one true God, and that's the Lord God, Jehovah. Thou shalt not have, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. I have a burden for America because we have turned from the one and true living God. It's sad today that America is in religious apostasy, a spiritual turning away. But then the next step is a moral turning away. Now, I don't have to say much about this, but you see the wickedness going on. Uh, uh, there's no doubt about it. There's no question that we are in a moral decay right now here in America. We are throwing every sense of decency out the window. Uh, we see that this Antifa movement uh, and the rioting and the looting, the looting, we see this all going on uh, right before our eyes, and we're saying, hey, let's defund the police. Hey, I say defend the police. Hey, let's defund the police. Uh, we see in the number of abortions performed daily, according to the poll that I recently found, that every 26 seconds a baby is aborted. That means 137 per hour. That means 3,300 per day children that are aborted every day. The Bible says in the last days that they'll be without natural affection. That natural affection is a mother's love for their children. It's natural for a mother to love her child. It is unnatural for a woman to abort her child. We see it in the house. Society is normalized. Sodomy. It's not normal, folks. God never intended it to be that way. And the Bible says in Romans 1.27, And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of a woman. Now listen to me. Burned in their own lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their heir, which was meat. Also this transgender movement, we see it... Uh, in the passing of these ungodly laws, men and boys don't belong in women's bathrooms. Let me say it again because I didn't get enough amens. Men and women don't belong in women's bathrooms. And women don't belong in men's restrooms either. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 22.5, the, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto men, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are an abomination to the Lord thy God. Now that's not me saying it, that's the word of God, but I'm saying it now. I believe that the Bible is just as relevant today as it was back then, amen. We hear it in the heathen music that has infested our homes and even our churches in our land. This list could go on and on and on, but the moral decay in our country, it's disgusting, it's, it's uh, abhorring to the Lord, and there are no morals. And then the third step is a political turning away. A political turning away. Let me say, again, this nation was founded on biblical truths as its core foundation. Many of our founding fathers were Christians. And the reasonable person can see that we are a heartbeat away from total political collapse. Now where's the problem? Nothing will help our country. Listen to me folks. Nothing will help our country until we turn back 
to the Lord spiritually and listen to what he has to say. Until we turn back to the true and living God, we will continue our plunge down the commode, if you will. A plunge down to destruction in the name of tolerance and separation of church and state. We are, dividing, uh, we are driving God completely out of our society. That is basically the introduction. America needs to get back to obeying God rather than man. Have God said. I'd like to say, see what God has to say about a few things. and we'll be, we'll be finished. I'll go through these really quick. In Romans 3, 4 says, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. I want to say, number one, God says that sin is wicked. Sin is wicked. You know, sin hinders our prayer life. If, we, if I regard sin and iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Sin drives a wedge between our fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ and with the Lord ultimately. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, walk in sin, in other words, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, uh, the truth, and, we, uh, and as, his, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. Ultimately, sin is the cause of death, for the wages of sin is death. I hear people say, well, I think. Let me just be frank with you. I don't care what you think. It doesn't matter what you think. What matters is what does the Word of God say. The problem with our society today is what I think about this situation. No, what does God think about the situation? Half God said. See, there are 413 passages in the Old Testament that we find the phrase, Thus saith the Lord. When the Lord repeats something, we better listen. And, and many of these deal with sin or the results of sin. We try to justify our sin. Uh, we try to change sin by saying that sin is a sickness or some kind of disease. Who could blame someone for being sick or uh, instead of being sinful. But listen to me, sin is not a disease. It's not a sickness, it is sin. You've heard me say this, don't try to justify your sin by calling your lie, your lie a little white lie. Your lie is sin. Or have a, I have a disease called alcoholism. God has not changed his mind about the sin of drunkenness. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Did you know that drunkenness is one of the leading causes for deaths in America? Let me say, only by grace of God he saved me from being a drunkard. We have changed the sin of sodomy to being gay. It sounds less doesn't sound as bad. God hates sodomy still today. Whether you like it or not, folks, it's in the Word of God. You don't like it? Let's just throw out the Bible. Ah, what's it worth anyways? Either you're going to live by the Word or you're not. I choose to live by the Word of God. 
We've changed it. Sodomy is still listed as an abomination. An abomination is a sin that God wholly detests. It's not just sodomy. It's not just murder. It's not just, it's not just drunkenness. Hey, it's lying. It's gossiping. It's cheating. It's stealing. Hey, uh, you, whatever your sin is, gluttony, having some other God before Him, don't sit there and think that you're all holy and righteous because you're not. We all have sin in our lives. And sin is wicked. It's wrong. We've changed murder of babies into the name of abortion. Abortion is nothing less than murder. We justify our sin by making it normal way of life. You know what that does when we, when we make it a normal way of life? It leads to numbing of our conscience. When we are constantly exposed to certain things, we get numb to it. Now let me give you an example, and you've heard me say this before. I remember when I, when I was raised up, um, I wasn't raised up in a Christian home. So if I heard cursing or something like that, I didn't think nothing of it. I, 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 just, I just didn't think a whole lot of it. I, I heard it, it just went off, the, I just let it go. We'd be watching TV program, my wife and I, and we're married. Wife and I would be watching a program, and a curse word go by. I didn't even hear the word. But she's like, she wanted to turn the TV off. I'm like, what? She's like, you didn't hear what they just said? I'm like, no, I guess I didn't. What'd they say? And, of course, she says the curse word. No, I'm just kidding. But she says, they said this. And, and I'm like, well, I didn't hear it. And she wanted to turn it off. I'm like, oh, let's just keep on listening for a little bit longer. I'm sure it was just a one-time fluke thing. A few more cuss words come by, and she says, I'm walking out. I'm just not going to listen to this. But I was numb to it. Now it's a little bit different because anytime I hear, I, even any time when I hear someone say, God bless you, it, I'm like, are they using God's name in vain? I, I mean, I'm serious. I'm so sensitive to it now. Uh, it, it's, it's, but we get desensitized to the things because we, get, we just listen to it so much. The majority of teenagers have been taught that tolerance so much that it's just a way of life and we've accepted it. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because we've got a few young people here today. But you know what's being taught in our, in our schools today? Tolerance. Everything's okay. And I'm not saying be mean and hateful to people. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying this. Sin is sin. Whether it's in my house, your house, or the White House, it's still sin. And we can't just let it go by, folks. We've got to call it what it is. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice. The average child sees nothing wrong with the sin of disobedience, disrespect, and dishonesty. Because they've been become immune to it. And then God, what does God say about this? God says salvation is the only way to heaven. Some try to say that there are many roads to heaven. 
what they're doing is saying that they know better than what the supplier of salvation says. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Jesus said, I am the way. He's the only way. He said, I am the truth. He's the only truth. He says, I am the life. He's the only life. Without him, we are dead in trespasses of sin. He's the only life. Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's not many spokes on the wheel. There's only one way, and that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. When he died for our sins on the cross of Calvary, he was buried and he rose uh, uh, the third day. For by grace are you saved through faith. Some try to say that everyone's going to go to heaven. Everyone's going to be saved when they die. The Bible says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That tells me not everyone's going to heaven, folks. I'm sorry to tell you this. I I, I mean, I'm not sorry, but I have to tell you this, that not everybody is going to heaven. So who's going to go to hell? Let me give you a list. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Raise your hand if you ever told a lie in here. Every hand in here is raised. You know why? Because we're all liars. You know what it says? And all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. We all deserve to die and go to hell, folks. But thanks be unto the Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sins. And it's only because of his shed blood on the cross of Calvary. He's the only way. It's not because of what good works you've done. And I don't care how much money you've given to the church. I don't care how much good deeds you've done. And none of those things matter. It's all what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Him alone. Him alone. The Bible says that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Where do saved people go? They go to heaven. It's very simple. Where do unsaved people go? They go to hell. Some think that they're good, they're, they are good enough the way they, uh, and that way they'll get to heaven. They, are all, they have all gone out of their way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. None of us is good enough to go to heaven. Isaiah says this in Isaiah 64, 6, But we are all as unclean things, and all of our righteousness as filthy rags. And we uh, all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, we have, uh, have taken us away. For by grace are ye saved, through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. Why do some people think they know better than the Lord in regards to salvation? They think they want to go to heaven on their own terms instead of what God says. Hath God said that he's the only way? Yes, he hath said. Then what does God say about the scriptures? God says the scriptures are the final word. It doesn't matter what I think, what you think, or what you say, or what I say. His word is the final word. Some may say that the Bible is just another book. 
But what does the Lord say? He says, forever, O Lord, thy words is settled in heaven. The Bible says, thy word is true from beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is a word which is the gospel is preached unto you. Satan in the beginning tried to debate there, we said there, there in Genesis, he tried to debate and cause doubt to the word of God. If he, can, if he can cause us to doubt part of the word of God, then all the word of God within the pages are brought into suspect. But then the last thing, I'm hurrying. What does God say about the sanctuary? He says it's wonderful. The sanctuary is wonderful. Folks, we've allowed everything. Everything to come in the place of worshiping God. I'm glad to see that the NFL ratings are down. I'm glad to see that all these pro sports teams are down. The biggest reason why is because it's taken so many people out of church. They'd rather be watching a football game than sitting in the house of God worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Can I just tell you, the Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now, I think that's what you, how you feel about this morning because you're here. The Bible says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together in his manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Folks, the day is approaching. That day of the Lord is approaching. Hey, listen, it could be today. I'll never get tired of saying it, Brother Danny. This could be the day that the Lord comes back. Are you ready? It doesn't matter what some theologian might say, well, it's going to be 22 more years of, uh, of peace on earth, and I don't care what anybody says. No one knows the day nor the hour, and I believe it could be today. The world wants, us to say, wants to say that the church is a waste of time and money. They say the preacher wants your money. If that's how you feel about it, please don't give. God doesn't need your money. Hear many preachers say that? God doesn't need your money, but you need to give to God. Why? Because it's obedience to him. God says it's a place in which we worship him together. God wants us to come together and worship him and praise him and learn about him. In conclusion this morning, I believe it's time to choose to obey the Lord rather than man. When God says something, just simply do it. It would have been so much easier for me. I'll just be honest with you. It would have been so much easier on my life, a lot less painful if I would have just listened to that man. I would have got a lot less whippings, and I probably would have actually listened a little bit better. I would have got a lot more accomplished if I just would have listened to him. But can I tell you, even on a more a better scale, if we would just listen to him, listen to the word of God, 
It'd be so much better for us, folks. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this message. Lord, I thank you for how you convicted my heart. Lord, I just need to listen to what you say. It doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. What matters is what you say in your word. And God, I pray that we would be men and women that would just stand true to your word. Lord, heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word shall abide forever. God, I pray that you would just speak to men and women, boys and girls, ultimately about their souls, their salvation. If there's someone here that doesn't know you, I pray that today be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to do an invitation time. Those that are getting prepared for baptism can go ahead and go at this time. But I'm going to ask you to stand at your feet with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I'm going to ask you to search your heart this morning. I want you to search your heart and see if there's something that the Lord spoke to you about this morning. Search me, O God, and know my ways. Maybe you hear this morning you say, Pastor, I don't even know for sure if I was to die today. I don't even know for sure that I'd go to heaven. Pastor, please pray for me. I've got some questions. I've got some doubts. I just don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. You know what? Gracie did that last week. I talked to her. She got saved. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? Would you be honest enough? I'm not going to come get you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you that. Would you say, Pastor, please pray for me. Anyone like that? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm not been, I haven't been living for God like I should. Pastor, please pray for me. Anyone like that? I need, to, I need to turn my life back to Jesus. Pastor, please pray for me. Anyone like that? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, you know the hearts of each person here today. Lord, I know the message this morning spoke to hearts as you spoke to mine as I preached it to myself. God, I pray that you would have your will and your way done. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed, nice or closed as you, you may be seated at this time. I'm going to have Liz come and play play during this invitation. All right. Uh, thank you for your attention this morning. We do have a baptismal service this morning. Brother, Brother Peyton, could you come up here and, and lead a couple songs for us um, as I get prepared for our uh, baptismal? And I hope, I hope stick around for this. Uh, this is Gracie. She got saved, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. Um, but she wanted to know for sure. She knows for sure now that she's going to heaven. And we're all excited about that, praising the Lord for that. So you stick around for our baptism. It'll just be just a moment. Four seventy-three. Four seventy-three. 
Heavenly Sunlight. We'll sing all three verses. Walking in sunlight all of my journey. has said I'll never forsake thee promise divine that never can fail heavenly sunlight heavenly sunlight flooding my soul with glory divine alleluia I am rejoicing singing his praises Jesus is mine Gracie, and again, uh, just the other day we were talking, and she wanted to know for sure that heaven was her home. And so, Gracie wants to be involved in the church. She wants to be highly involved. She wants to get in teen activities and live for Jesus. And I'm excited uh, that she has made her decision to trust and follow the Lord in believers' baptism. Gracie, by your profession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in obedience to His command, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I have uh, one more song this morning. We'll be seeing page 411, The Solid Rock. Page 411, the first, third, and the last verse.
Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, visitors, for being here. Thank you, friends of Gracie, for being here. Come back and see us. Uh, we hope that you found a friendly church, and please let us know if we could be a help and assistance to you. Uh, we do love you and, uh, and want to be a blessing to you. All right, let's all stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Danny, sir, would you close this in a word?